Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk podcast, get excited, Magpie fans. Jack Crisp in to talk about his incredible run of 210 unbroken AFL games. Gives us a preview about Friday night footy with the Dons. Talks everything Nick Dacos. And when you can expect him back, this is the Footy Talk podcast coming up next. Footy Talk time for your Thursday. This is your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. As you just heard in the intro, an absolute treat for all footy lovers, but especially Pies fans. The man who has the current most active streak of games is in the studio, Jack Crisp. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Daisy. Thanks for having me, everybody. Yeah, just round of applause. all the cameras, sorry. We can, we can <laughs> insert uh, applause in post. We do have to confess something off the top, and if you are listening along, make sure you head across to our Instagram and TikTok at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. You're big in the TikTok world and you do a thing called scare cam with the boys at the footy club. Yeah. Yeah, I've been... I've definitely done a few over the course of the year um, and a lot of people keep requesting them. So I'll have to keep coming back for a little bit, but I think the boys needed a bit of a break at the moment. So we, Zoe and I, the producer, were having a good chat about that, watching them. Piss funny. We love it. So we came up with the idea of when you walked into the... SCA building today into the listener area. I was going to hide and we we're going to scare you. Unfortunately, you found somebody else to bring you in a different way. So that was the first part gone. That's just fate, I think. <laughs> and then I continued to stay there for another three minutes as Zoe brought you back in the proper way and then we gassed it. So five minutes 50, I sat next to a wall looking like an absolute unit. To, there's more to it than you think. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work and timing and patience. Uh, Daisy actually had his phone recording for about six minutes. <laughs> yeah. We'll play it in double time. Wall. We'll get it up on the Instagram. I look like an absolute <laughs> idiot. I honestly look like I've shit my pants or something. <laughs> I'm sort of standing there all awkwardly like, uh, get me out of here. That was um, quite funny. Thanks very much for coming in. Obviously a busy time of year. Training today, captain's run, play tomorrow night. Yes, correct. Yeah, so we've got a few meetings, um, game plan stuff, some walkthroughs, and then we had a lot kick around. So, yeah, in and out job in a couple of hours, which is beautiful. Um, rest of the afternoon to relax and prepare for the game. We will touch on the game probably in the second break, but for listeners who don't know, your journey started all the way back in 2012. You were taken in the rookie draft. Correct. Pick 40. Run us through that. Was it like it is now all done on tally and Fox and whatever it is or? Uh, No, 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 no. This is like probably a week and a half before Christmas as well, like literally three weeks after the national draft. Um, Were you disappointed was disappointed in the national draft. Yeah. Did you think you're a chance to? Uh, yeah, I did. And there was inklings from clubs. Yep, yep. I had about, I think I had twelve interviews at right. the draft camp, and then I had a few clubs come out to Myrtleford, which is you know, a fair hike from Melbourne. So yep. that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I was quietly confident that um, I was going to get picked up, and then got overlooked. So I was pretty flat for a bit there. Got to go to schoolies for a week though with my mates. That was pretty cool. That's that's fun. That's yeah. a fair trade off. Like literally two days later like, that night, missed the draft. Mum. Booked me schoolies for a week with my friends. So I was, Perfect. Yeah. And Thanks, Bob. Yeah. And then obviously got picked up rookie, I think it was middle of December at the time. But when that was on, that was just like a live blog. You so know. so mum was the, just reading the blog as the names popped up on her iPad outside. Refresh. Yeah. Refresh. And I'm inside playing PlayStation. <laughs> That's what it was. And, and my then, name popped up. So pick 40 straight to Brisbane. Yep. 
how soon did you have to leave Myrtleford and get on the plane up to Brizzy? Yeah, so I think it was a Tuesday, the draft, and on Friday I was up there Friday morning. So I wasn't – I had a couple of days, which is nice, whereas I think um, a few guys that got picked up from Murray on the actual national draft, like literally the next day were down in Melbourne. So I was lucky enough to have a couple of days, like kind of pack my bags, whatever. Yeah. And it was only a week and after two weeks I was up there before Christmas break. So I didn't have to you know, obviously pack everything, but um, just make sure I had enough gear. How was your time up there? Yeah, it was good. Like um, small country town, lad, moving to a city is obviously a big, bit daunting at times. Um, but I had plenty of family up there on mum's side, which is really good for support as well. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, thought, you know, how good's this? Like, actually, I had an AFL club there, and I got so I got drafted to when Michael Voss was the coach. Simon Black's still running around, Jonathan Brown, Ash McGrath, so right. the big dogs. That yeah. Pl- played in all the premierships back in the early 2000s was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, just being able to meet those blokes was, yeah, pretty surreal. How many games did you scrap out up there? Uh, 18 all up, 10 in my first year. Only got the two in my second year and then the last six of my third year, which has continued on for my streak for the last nine years. So that's where the streak started back in 2014, the yes. last six of that round. Yeah. You then get to the pies. How did that all go down? Was it trade? Was it – do you yeah. jump on? What, yeah, run us through that. No, nah, this was a trade. I was looking for a fresh start. Um, I actually had a meeting with Essendon, went and saw their facilities and thought I was going to be going there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of fell through. Um, and then um, I was – well, I had a contract on the table from Brisbane as well, so if nothing worked out, I was, I was happy to tip in and you know, give them my all again um, at Brisbane for a couple of years. And then uh, last minute, one came through for Collingwood. Um, obviously, the famous beams trade and steak knives, blah, blah, blah. We hate the name. Um, but, yeah, you know, here we are. Best move ever done. Absolutely. <laughs> and Pies fans will be rejoicing that you didn't go to the Bombers. Yeah. Take it from me. They don't like it when you go to either Essendon <laughs> or Carlton. But you come in 2015 and you play every game, end up third in the Copeland behind Swanee and Pendles. Yeah. What, was, a, what a start. That was pretty cool. It was, um, again, surreal feeling. Like, I don't know. I just wanted to come for a fresh start. My original goal was to play round one and round two and just kind of keep playing consistent football at AFL level. Um yeah, and then when I finished third in the BNF, I was so, so psyched. <laughs> Are we talking bonuses as well? Are they written into the contract? Yeah, they were, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it a touch nicer as well. Yeah, he was like, ooh, extra yeah. money. <laughs> Holidays, yeah. uh, sorted. That, that was, was under Bucks at the time? Yep, yep. Yeah, so it was good. Um, I found Bucks really good to play for, like um, just same as Vossi, like the legends of the AFL when I was a kid growing up being able to be coached by them as well was yeah. pretty cool um, and just seeing how, how uh, Bucks was able to talk to the media and talk to the players and just thought his intellectual vocabulary about the way he spoke was was really cool. Um, found it easy to kind of get along with him as well. That's good to know. Question without notice, the biggest takeaway you took from Bucks over your time with him? Um, he kind of changed a fair bit from 2017 to 2018 when he became a bit more relaxed and uh, footy, you know, more footy wasn't the way to go about it. He changed his mindset about uh, you know the family culture yep. and um, just kind of the mental reset you need outside of football. So uh, since we did that change, I really feel like that helped my football, especially as well. Again, yes, I had Lila in 2017, so my first daughter. Um, so that family aspect helped me shut off mentally from football as well. But seeing the way he changed the club that year, um, and the culture and environment at Collingwood, it probably was most beneficial for a lot of the lot of blokes and seeing how that 
shifted us from 13th to the grand final. So that big change was massive um, and he was the main driver of that. He, it, went, he went away on a big holiday and then came back and just implemented what he wanted to. The change did seem stark and, and even that you could pick up the changes in Bucks's attitude, I guess, with the media and seemed a bit more personable. And I have always been a big one that your players end up being like your coach. If your coach is hell-bent on you know, footy, footy, numbers, you end up with a playing group like that. There was yeah. no doubt when he softened in 2018, it became a lot more about everybody rather than just Bucks and him being the coach, which took you to a grand final. Yeah. No, that was a, Unbelievable that was experience yeah. running us through from your point of view what that was like the entire week. Yeah. Well, the whole thing was nuts. Like, never played finals before. Um, Collingwood hadn't been in finals for five years. Um, the only people still around there was, I think, Reedy, Steele, um, Pendles, maybe one or two others. But, uh, yeah, just the whole build-up was great. Everyone seemed to be riding the wave of excitement and um, – you know, how, how good it was having 1,000 people at training every every week as well. People were running out going, Jesus, what's going on? Yeah. How cool is this? Um, and then, yeah, we're just soaking it all in. Um, and we, we did it really well. I, th- I thought we played some really good football throughout the whole final series. Obviously just really unlucky at the end. But, um, yeah, we gave it our all and it was just something surreal to be a part of and keen to do it again. Absolutely. Hopefully many more times. Where were you when Dom Sheed took the mark and kicked the goal? Uh, well, I was involved in the passage of play just before that. Right. Uh, it was an aerial contest. Me and Tom Langdon and I think Liam Ryan ended up marking it right in front of me. Um, and we're kind of dancing around and he yeah. rolled and kicked it. And then Bruzzy got held out. Should have been a free kick. 100%. <laughs> no, you can say that. Should have uh, been a free yeah. kick. Anyway, I was I was pretty close to him and he kicked yeah. it. And then you just, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, did that heartbreak... <laughs> It obviously stays with you, but has that driven you in the group since? Obviously, Craig McRae coming in now, completely different vibe. Yeah, well, you, you never really forget it, but I've never, I haven't watched it, never watched the game back. Um, don't think I will, um, but you still got those, like those memories of the yeah. game and what, what could have been um, moments that could have changed things. But um, yeah, it's just the driver wanting to get back to there and in that, put yourself in that situation again and how much better off you'll be having that experience already. And, um, Obviously, yeah, we've been, we've been around the finals for the last five years as well. I think we played three prelims in five years and one semi. So we've definitely had some opportunities, um, but, yeah, keen to get back to that spot. Free kicks haven't been great to the pies in grand finals or prelims, obviously. <laughs> Darcy Moore got fly kicked out of the way from Tom Papley, but, just again, a story from the, the another day. <laughs> um, we spoke a little bit on Bucks. What about Craig McRae? It seems like... You've had Vossi, as you said, Bucks come in and then a completely different, I guess, model with the Craig McRae system in your own words and your own thoughts of, of how that's going and how that's been. Yeah, mate, it's elite. I think um, what I've said a couple of times to some people is like, yeah, Bucks changed to change the club to, you know, family orientated and change the culture a fair bit. I mean, Fly's just taken it to a whole nother level. Um, it's really great to see uh, the standards that he set right from the very start. And, like, he's kept coming back to his word and, you know, the family first club and um, bringing the past players in. Like, the club had already been doing some of that stuff before. Yep. Um, but he's just – I feel like he's just brought the connection piece uh, a lot closer together. Um, and all the families feel the same way, whether it be coaches' families, players or admin staff. Everyone's involved in the club. Um, and we have plenty of op- opportunities after some games, if they allow, where we have a set function at the club where everyone's invited, like your close friends, your families, and just, just those times to hang out and build those connections. Um, so I really feel like that goes a long way to 
building those relationships on field as well and the team chemistry. You've seen it and we've seen it in the rooms post game. There's kids running around everywhere. There's yeah. kids in the song, yeah, which they is, love it. you know, it's yeah. memories not only and things you enjoy as a player, but memories for the kids that they'll never forget as well. Yeah. Oh, and, and, as, a, and as a dad, you know, yeah. you get your kids in the song. Like those those photos last a lifetime, the memories and stuff like that. And you'll be, you have them framed in your house forever. And the kids, they may not remember it being so young at times, but you'd be able to tell them, share that story, and then they'll be able to pass it on to all their friends and families and just the experiences they've been able to have. Like, I know I love going to Merleford football with my old man back yep. in the day, and that was – I got a massive kick out of that and so did he, but this is just a whole other level. What about – he's done some different things fly in terms of he's had – Bo McCreary's mum give a pre-match address. <laughs> he celebrated oh, yeah. a 40th game when yeah, Darcy Cameron. Darcy was, Cameron's for what's what's your favourite or the best thing he's done in your mind to get you up in a weird way? Oh, well, he's done some weird stuff. <laughs> it's brilliant like, though. Steals 300. He, he got a bald cap. <laughs> Like we're watching a pump-up video or whatever, people wishing Steel 300, and then all of a sudden Fly just walks around the corner with a bald cap on. <laughs> and we just, everyone just pissed themselves laughing, like, what the hell? And it was like, not on probably, so half hanging out the side, and he just thought it was the coolest thing walking around. It was, oh, it was amazing. Like, as you said, Darcy Cameron, 40 games, we got like a few video messages. One was like Hamish McLaughlin and Fraser Gary <laughs> talking about it. He's like, who's impersonating the G train? And it was, ah, oh, it's nuts. And pretty much every week we say happy birthday to John Noble. <laughs> Everyone gets around him and then it's just funny clips. Yeah. A lot of it's aimed at Darcy Cameron, though. <laughs> Poor it fella. It must be brilliant, though, going into a game because pre-game can get pretty tense and you're all wound up and probably too wound up at times. And then there's a different narrative or a narrative that embraces that when the time's right. Yeah. No, I think it's good. Like, you, you have some laughs, enjoy the moments for what it, for what they are. Um, you know, we have, we, everyone has a laugh together, you know, focus on the football afterwards, but it's just kind of like, you know, bringing that relaxed feeling. Um, and then when... After all said and done the jokes, he's really good at bringing it back to football and going through his focuses where boys start, you know, tuning in and getting getting ready. All right, oh, mate. You hang around. We'll have plenty more with Jack Crisp after this. This is the Footy Talk podcast. Up next, we'll be talking a little bit about Nick Dacos and how he's going, and we'll get a prediction for Friday night footy, which is going to be a belter. This is the Footy Talk podcast. This is the Footy Talk Podcast. If you are listening on Spotify, hit the bell. Or if you want to get interactive, jump on our Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and our TikTok footy talk pod. And we will get Joey and Jack tomorrow to answer any questions you may have. This year's been unbelievable for the Pies. Yep. Started the season like a house on fire. The last few weeks, though, there's a few people getting a bit nervous. How are you processing it all? Do people have a right to be nervous or are you pretty comfortable we're still cruising? Uh, no, look, it's, it's fair enough. Like people and teams, they find different ways to challenge you. Yeah, we, we have a lot of strengths in some areas and then teams try to take that away. And um, to be fair, the teams that we've played last few weeks have been able to find, chip their way through us. Our team defence hasn't probably been up to scratch as it has uh, was earlier in the year. So um, credit to those teams, of course. But, um, yeah, we kind of went back – um, the other day to focus on a few areas in team defence we can sharpen up on, whether that's, you know, might be a couple of forwards rolling back a bit quicker or just a bit more urgency in communication through the mids and the high backs. But, um, yeah, we've probably been getting picked apart too much and uh, leaked a few fair few scores. So, uh, yeah, we when we shine a light on things, we feel like we've been really good at training them and um, implementing them in the game. So, yeah. um, 
yeah, we feel like we're in a good, still in really good shape. Um, obviously, uh, with the one game to go before finals, but um, you know, our offense is still there. We're still finding ways to generate scores um, that way. But uh, it's making sure we set up behind our attack as well. To obviously, if we do turn it over. Uh, not give up a score the other way. Some of the highlights throughout the season of obviously not just this year but also years past have been the come-from-behind attitude. It's As a, a fan now who sits there and watches, it's almost like, right, 36 points? Yeah, that's not enough. Like, yeah, yeah. There's this belief know. from everybody, <laughs> Collingwood supporters and then opposition fans, if their team's up, they just go, oh, shit, it's, it's going to happen yeah. again. Like, why? (laughs) Nobody knows, but in your words and from your point of view on ground, how does it continue to keep happening? I think it's just – it's definitely like an attitude thing as well as confidence. Yeah. Like we've spoken a lot about um, how much work we've done – at the start, you know, over the preseason, of course, and then um, the the numbers they added up towards the end. Like even last year, after the season finished, we looked at our GPS numbers, and overall, like we it showed that we were like the hardest working team um, over the four, consistency over the four quarters, but more more importantly, the fourth quarter. Right. I think it's the never giving attitude as well. Where we talk a lot about fighting and scrapping. You got to play every minute against this. Yeah. You know, minute by minute, quarter by quarter, whatever it is. So we're never giving up. Whatever it is, if it's a contest down the line, you know, you're just getting the fingertips in or you're just tackling, you just put them off just that little bit. So it's just not giving up. And then if you, when you're forced to turn over, we just play like with so much freedom, like not going backwards to go forwards, we're just going forwards, not going to ball on. We'll create stuff. We love live play. We love the chaos because we know we can play off that and feed off each other. And then um, we've also spoken a lot about how the crowd gets involved and oh. we feed off each other as that as well. Yeah. Like there's been a few games where you just kick a few goals and then the 70,000 Collingwood fans are just chanting, Collingwood. It's just so loud, so loud. But, yeah, that belief I think the boys have in each other, one, with all the work they've done, and two, understanding the top of game scenario we're in, and then just three, just the blokes' work rate and ability to play a role and get their job done. It has been absolutely incredible to watch. As we touched on, you sort of sit there and the ball starts to roll and it's one goal, it's two goals. Port Adelaide, the most recent example. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. In Tay's big few, game. A few people start – oh, Braden gets a bit chirpy as well. He's like, kicks one, kicks two. He's like, <laughs> here, we, oh, here we go, sphincters are tightening. <laughs> uh, we love the bros. Um, another kid who's taken the game by storm, Nick Dacos. Yeah. He, out mate. at the minute, obviously, but – do you know when he'll be back, one, because all the Pies fans would be bloody keen to know that if you've got any insight. But two, again, how has he become so good so quickly and in continuing to find different levels of greatness? And you can clearly say that now in his second year of footy. Yeah, he's quite unbelievable. Like, obviously, he's um, got some great talent uh, genetically from his family, I yep. would say. But, um, yeah, his uh, work ethic is, is quite um, high as well. He's off his crutches at the moment, so he's into his rehab, doing some bike right. building, his fitness base already. So I'm not quite sure of the time time frame, to be honest. I'm just going off what the docs say still. Um, but he's always, you know, doing some vision or working with Pendles or working with Skip, uh, midfield coaches and stuff like that to develop his craft and obviously watch him edits and understand the game plan, that side of things. And then um, yeah, he's always putting in a fair bit of work in the gym into his body, um, which is great. Uh, great to see him doing that at such an early age to make sure he can prolong his body and his joints and stuff like that so he can uh, give as much as he can to the Collingwood Football Club. What about his haircut? And is there something going on down there? Because it looks like the brothers got the hard sort of triangle finish. He's rolling with that. I saw on your Instagram there was a hard triangle finish yes. with a couple of speed stripes through the side. I did have some speed. That was cool. Well, that was I nice, I yeah. Mind. Yeah, I got some good feedback about that. <laughs> and then one of my mates actually said he – 
got one of those when he was seven years old. So <laughs> I, gave, I gave him a little clip. <laughs> Deflating. But uh, no, was, some of the boys get haircuts like every two weeks, yeah. every week. I, I don't have the time for that. But um, yeah, he gets a little point at the point at the back. And Bruzzy sometimes has a bit of a longer mullet one going on. Um, no, there's a few sharp haircuts getting around. The boys love it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's good when you're playing big games, Mate, Look big good, stage, feel good, play good. That's exactly right. With a few others we added on along the way. Talking of genetics just before the hair chat, 210 mm. games straight. Good luck, good management, good genes, just bloody good. I've been everything. I've always, every time I've been asked this similar question, yeah. I've always... I know first, that you've heard it a thousand times oh, before, no, but... The last couple of years especially. <laughs> but I always give uh, mum and dad some credit for some genes first up. And then, yeah, two, just the... Work I do with my body inside the footy club, outside the footy club. Um, like I do get a lot of hands-on treatment with physios, osseos, and masseuse. Yeah, masseuses obviously, and then um, you know jump in the saunas, cryos, um, and then just I don't know, just stretching and I've, yeah. I've, and I've I feel like my body recovers pretty well itself anyway. But um, I feel like yeah, I understand my body really well, and and then the um, coaching staffs are pretty good about giving me a deload every now yeah. and then through, throughout training sessions as well just to maintain, making sure I'm not overworking the body. How much do you think about it? Has there been a time where you've had a little niggle, a calf or an oh, ankle? Oh, been plenty, or, plenty of those times. And you're times. like, oh, <laughs> shit, I've got to get up here yeah. or? Well, the way I see it at the moment, the only reason I wouldn't be playing if I was on my deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> With the sub rule at the moment, just set a bounce, yep, or full, full forward, sub. <laughs> sub me in, sub me out. Yeah. Um, the big game is tomorrow night, the last one of the home and away season. Win, you're the minor premiers and you lock away a home final. Coming up against a Bombers side who were absolutely shithouse the mm. week before, 126-point loss. One, your expectations on what they're going to bring, but also what we're going to bring. Yeah, I think one, they'll be obviously looking to fire back um, uh, and make a big response after last week. So we can already, one, expect their best, and they're going to come out all guns blazing. Um, obviously, nothing to lose now, yep. um, being out of the finals race. Yeah, we'll just expect their best, and we'll have to obviously give our best. We're going to put together a bit more quality team defence this week, I think. Um, you know, our offence is looking after itself, so we've just got to fine-tune our defence and um, we'll see how we go because, uh, yeah, the Bombers will no doubt be working their asses off to knock us off, so we'll have to give out our best as well. 126-point win or we'll consider this a loss as a fan. <laughs> Who's your favourite teammate? Uh, it's hard to go past me two good mates, Will Hoskin Elliott and Brody Mychek. Real diligent role players. Yeah. Um, and obviously Big Will played his 200th last week. Um, you just know whatever role he's going to play, he'll just do it. No questions asked, no complaining, and play it really well. Um, and Checkers is just a big old cannonball up forward. <laughs> Are you fella. in that cafe with them? No. No, not, didn't get invited. Didn't get invited. Give me a shout out. What's it called? Uh, Whiplash. Whip. <laughs> Which, yeah, what a name for a cafe. Uh, Auburn Road, Hawthorne. Right, get in there and see the Pies boys. <laughs> really look after them. Actually, all the very best for the rest of the home and away season. One game, but hopefully a few more. And deep into September, yes, please. We will be rooting for you, Christopher. Thanks for your time. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's been the Footy Talk podcast. Tomorrow, Joey and Jack preview the last round of your footy action. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Listener.